Welcome to Talking Biotech, the podcast dedicated to exploring the latest advancements in biotechnology, sponsored by Calabra, the R&D software that accelerates scientific discovery with AI. Each week, we'll dive into the latest innovations and discoveries with industry leaders and pioneers. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Fulta. Welcome to the Talking Biotech Podcast. It's the weekly podcast about agriculture and medicine with an emphasis on biotechnology and the good things we can do for people and the planet. I'm Kevin Folta. I'm a professor at the University of Florida, and I'm joined today with Modesta Bugu. Hi, Modesta. Hi, Kevin. Nice to be here again. It's nice to be able to do this with you. You know, you're such a ray of sunshine around here, and it makes me very happy to uh, uh, have you on the podcast. And I, ho- I look forward to the day when you can host them on your own. I really look forward to it. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> nah, not that it's uh, it's always wonderful to sit with you and do this, but at the same time, I, I love watching you do more and more as a scientist and as a communicator, and it makes me excited that we have this opportunity. Yeah, so who are we talking to today? So we are talking to Arif Hossein. Arif is the CEO and Executive Director of Farming Future Bangladesh. Yeah, so Farming Future of Bangladesh, and this is a uh, Bill and Melinda Gates-sponsored initiative in Bangladesh, uh, and he'll tell us more about what it is. So welcome to the podcast, Arif. Thank you, Falta. Yeah, welcome. Uh, thank you all, and you and Modesta for having me in this podcast. No, it's, it's very nice to uh, talk to you again. It's been a long time. But if you could tell me, you know, let's start out with some very general ideas. Now, uh, the... Brinjal and uh, Bangladesh have been a topic on the podcast several times already, going all the way back to episode 48 several years ago with uh, Dr. Tony Shelton. We did an update earlier this year, but I'd like to get from you more of a sense of what is actually happening there on the ground right now, because it seems to be a very hot topic. So let's start with what is Brinjal to begin with? So as you all know that brinjal, uh, which is known as eggplant, is one of the most uh, popular vegetable crop in Bangladesh. And uh, it's been here for long and to many of the scientists, they claim that brinjal has the center of origin in Bangladesh. It has a lot of fiber, folic acid, uh, vitamin and magnesium and potassium content in it. So it's a high value like a vegetable crop considering the nutrient. And uh, in Bengali, we call it begun. Oh, thank you, Arif. Obviously, the food has a lot of nutritional content. We would like to know how many people depend on this food in their diet. Is it used more for livestock or for humans? So Modesta to tell you that... Uh, Brinjal is a vegetable crop and it's not a staple food, but it's, it's, it's very important vegetable crop in Bangladesh. And almost whole year round we eat it. Uh, we eat it for different like cuisine and different food, but it's not a staple food. It's a vegetable crop. Well, who are the farmers that grow it, Arif? Are they smallholder farmers or are these massive industrial farms? So as eggplant or brinjal is consumed by human being, 
It's mostly grown by local smallholder farmer. And uh, the idea of farmer is quite different than the farmer you have uh, in California or in most of the like, you know, like Western country that a farmer has his own farm. And uh, in addition to that, they have a processed unit or a export unit with that. But in our country, most of the farmer, they occupy small amount of land, particularly people who grow vegetable, they have a smaller amount of land because rice is our main staple and uh, only a handful of people actually grow vegetable crop. According to our local uh, data, around 46% people are involved in agricultural profession, but a very few of them are involved in vegetable production. So uh, the last information that we had from ISA that around 150,000 farmers cultivate brinjal in Bangladesh. Is it also exported? Uh, no, it's not exported. I mean, mostly it's consumed uh, by the local, you know, like community. So if this is so something that is not in a big industrial product, it's consumed by local farmers, smallholder farmers, but what are the major problems that they face? What are some of the major production barriers? So, you know, like uh, unlike other vegetable crop, this brinjal plant or eggplant requires a lot of care, including like uh, irrigation, fertilization. And uh, there are a lot of like pest attack that affects the production of brinjal, particularly eggplant, fruit and short border insect, which is devastating to 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 brinjal other than that there are other like disease of the crop like bacterial wilt or leaf spot you know and uh, uh, spider attack and sometime uh, uh, any other additional disease that attack the crop but mostly most of the farmer they think and they find that eggplant fruit and shoot butter insect is the devastating threatening you know, like a pest, pest uh, disease for, for eggplant production in Bangladesh. So what are the pest control practices that these farmers use and how effective has it been? So, I mean, as a preventive measure against uh, brinjal fruit and short borer, uh, farmers use large quantities of chemical insecticide. And sometimes they use other toxic chemical pesticides to protect the plant from pest attack and uh, eggplant has a limited time scale so in during that time span farmers spray pesticide about 80 to 100 times to protect the plant from pest attack and uh, this is like around um, you know like 40 to 50 percent of their crop produced crop are damaged uh, due to pest attack and to stop that damage or to protect the damage they had to spray pesticide such a you know like um, amount of time and uh, that uh, affects their like uh, production cost so yeah this is the only solution they have currently and very recently in last few years the new eggplant variety which is 
known as BT eggplant, has been a tremendous success for the farmer because now they don't need to spray any pesticide for fruit and shoot borer insect. This way they can save their time and production cost. But as I said earlier that uh, eggplant also gets attack from other disease like wilting or maybe spider attack or aphid and other 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 pests. So for those kind of pests, it requires spraying pesticide two to three times in, in, a, in a particular season, which is like almost uh, nothing in comparison to what conventional farmers do. So uh, now farmers can have a better option to grow eggplant without spraying pesticide 80 to 100 times in their field. Yeah, and I guess maybe a good question is if you have your family's uh, field and your family's crop, that the tendency may be to overprotect because you, you have to protect this. It, it, it's your family's livelihood. Is that an accurate assessment that people maybe even use more insecticide than they should because this is their family's crop? It's really very true. See, I mean, I am from Bangladesh and I have traveled across the country. I know many farmers. I have seen many fields that was devastated overnight. A few months ago, I traveled in a field I saw a BT eggplant field and a non-BT eggplant field very close to them. But the non-BT eggplant field, the farmer didn't spray pesticide for a week. And within a week, around 1200 to 1500 plant of the field was, you know, like completely damaged by fruit and shrub borer insect. So when I asked the farmer that uh, what happened to the field, he told me that I forgot to spray in a week. And the next week I came in the field, I found everything attacked by fruit and shoot borer. And even now, if I spray, I won't get any crop or any plant in good shape. So I left my field. I stopped taking care of it. And it's a lot of like financial loss for the farmer because there are many farmers who depend on their like small, you know, like outcome and product they get from the field and the price they get from that with that amount of money they had to manage all their like expense of their family education for the child health care and everything so any kind of like negative impact definitely brings a lot of drawback to their financial stability that's why most of the farmers don't like to take any risk and having that fear in their mind Sometimes they overspray some pesticide and they don't follow the instruction of the pesticide company while they are spraying it. Now, I think that I would feel the same way. I'm, it's very difficult for me to think as someone in, a, you know, in the industrialized world who has access to food very regularly and a diversity of food, that if it was my only resource, you know, for my family and, and for my income, that I wouldn't overprotect and do anything I could to protect that crop, including maybe using too much of an insecticide. Um, and so that's always something I like to clear up. We'll take a break here. I'm sitting here with Modesta Abugu. We're here speaking with uh, Arif Hossein, who is the 
a CEO and executive director of Farming Future Bangladesh. And we're talking about the BT eggplant and its role in Bangladesh agriculture. This is the Talking Biotech Podcast, and we'll be back in just a moment. Tune into the podcast on Saturday, August 17, 2019. It's the 200th episode of the Talking Biotech Podcast. One day after Elvis' death day, more guests sharing their solutions for people and the planet. Gene editing to cure animal disease. New therapies for cancer and viral disorders. Next generation crop technologies for sustainable farming. Screaming out of the gate with new technologies in the race to feed 10 billion people. Hydrogen crops, less resource dependence, fewer pesticides, and more sustainability. Biotechnology. Covering disinformation that generates fear, uncertainty, and doubt that is impending technology from reaching the industrialized world farmer and the food insecure. Saturday, 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 August 17th, 2019, the 200th episode of the Talking Biotech Podcast. Talking Biotech Podcast. And now we're back on the Talking Biotech podcast. We're talking with Arif Hussein, who is uh, the CEO and Executive Director of Farming Future Bangladesh. And his role is in helping to promote and distribute and, um, and communicate around the future of genetic engineering solutions for Bangladesh. And I'm sitting here with Modesta Bugu, who is a graduate student here at the University of Florida. Hi, Modesta. So good good so far? Yeah, it's going well. Um, <laughs> learning a lot about brain gel in Bangladesh. Yeah, it's really good that, um, I mean, farmers who depend on some of these crops, it, it, it's good that there are innovations that can help them address some of these challenges. And I look forward to hearing more about that from my read. Well, very good. Do they? Do they? Uh, do you consume uh, brinjal in in Nigeria? Oh, so um, most of the brinjal that we see is imported. It's not really a vegetable that we grow that much in Nigeria. Although we have a something related to brinjal, and we call it garden egg. It has the shape of the brinjal, but it's a little smaller. <laughs> so we use the garden eggs for most traditional ceremonies. It's oh. like a traditional fruit that they serve in events. The garden egg. That yeah. is so cool. Okay. well, Because I have uh, eggplants I grow at home. Um, actually, my wife grows at home that are just like eggs. They're very white, but that's but that's true. If you look in uh, in Bangladesh or India, there's a massive diversity of this crop, and we did a podcast on this earlier at one point too. Um, for those who are interested, tremendous diversity in this thing we call eggplant or brinjal. Um, but so back to um, uh, Arif Hossein. Um, I guess really the next question is let's talk about the biotechnology innovation that was presented to Bangladesh. Um, uh, what exactly was that innovation? You, you know that the Bt gene, which was inserted in Bt eggplant, has been widely used by uh, organic industry or other farmers for more than like 50 years. So Bt gene is uh, known as the bacillus thuringiensis. So one gene from Bt, which we call cry one ac gene, 
was inserted in four BT eggplant varieties of Bangladesh. And this BT eggplant, they can grow kind of like a protein that uh, protects the crop from uh, fruit and shoot borer insects. Initially, this uh, product has been, uh, you know, like developed by a public research institute in Bangladesh. And the seeds has been produced by public research institute and distributed within the, you know, like farmers of Bangladesh. So uh, all the research and findings that were done in Bangladesh were conducted following all the, you know, like uh, procedure of uh, local law and protocol and with the all safety measurement. And it has a rigorous procedure of approval when it was approved in 2013. It took a lot of effort for the scientists to get it appro approved. And uh, yeah, and since then it has been in the field. Arif, what was the approval process in this BT brinjal? Was it, wasn't it first approved in India before it came to Bangladesh or it was first in Bangladesh before it went to India? So back in 2000, uh, the expert of South Asia region, they sat together and they identified few crops which would be helpful both for Asian and African farmers. And in that consultation, they formed a network, a platform. Through that, they started developing the, you know, like variety, um, like eggplant, blight-resistance potato, rice, cassava, banana, and few other crops. And then when the time came to get the things released for farmers, then India, Bangladesh, and Philippines, all three countries, they were progressing with the similar timeline and time frame. And India were ahead of Bangladesh in getting the crop approved. But unfortunately, you know, like uh, the activist, anti-GM activist in India, they started, you know, like campaigning that BT Brinjal shouldn't be released in India. And they filed the case and during that time, the Indian government, particularly uh, the minister Joyram Ramesh, he and uh, all the anti-GM activists together put a halt to the uh, crop. And the same group, they came to Bangladesh and they have their connection and, you know, like uh, ally in Bangladesh. They filed a case against Bitu Brinjal to stop it. And the court asked for all the scientific information from the scientists in Bangladesh, from the research institute. And the scientists, they submitted all the information. The entities had a lot of like, they, they had a list of uh, in claim. They were claiming that bitter brinjal was harmful for health, bitter brinjal was not good, it may bring um, negative impact to our environment. So the court asked both the scientist and the anti-gem activist for information. So the scientists provided all the information they had from the study, from the long study they were uh, having it since 2003. But the anti-gem activists, they failed to provide any information to back up their claim. Then court gave the decision that, okay, pretty brinjal is safe. You can go for, you know, like limited cultivation of the crop. And in 2013, in October of 2013, the government of Bangladesh, the environment ministry, they approved it. In 2014, the Minister of Agriculture, Matia Choudhury, 
she provided seedling to 20 farmers and from that it's growing and the farmers started growing it from the, from that time your agriculture minister what was her name again and was it her decision to really take leadership and say this is something i want for my country yes i would definitely say that it was a strong political commitment from our country that uh, they took the leadership in southeast asia to promote biotech crop and minister motia choudhury despite having a lot of pressure from different like international entities she took the stance that this crop should be released and biotech crop should be you know like promoted you know like because we have uh, more than 160 million people and only 8 million hectares of arable land so we can't compromise that our people will go empty stomach each and every night so we need to had that uh, you know like national level strategy that uh, any innovation which is beneficial for farmers and for the people should be accepted and should be promoted so minister motia choudhury took a strong stance and she debunked all the misinformation and myth and all the noise which was like uh, more powerful in india but they couldn't bring it uh, to smack down our you know like scientist to progress more but the you know like path of btbringel was not very smooth because it had to go through the court and even when farmers started growing it during 2014 and 15 the anti gm activists they were meeting the farmer talking with them they were misguiding them some of the farmer that i know they were they say that the activists went to them and asked them not to take care of the crop and they were saying that if they consume bt brinjal i mean if the farmers consume bt eggplant or brinjal it might uh, make them blind or their future generation will have deformed physical structure due to having you know like genetically engineered food crop in their food system so all these negative information they were trying to push in the community to stop it good th- good thing this farmers now have access to this um bt brinjal so how have they been responding to growing this brinjal so i can cite one a fantastic example of a farmer that i met in one of the district in bangladesh from tangail his name is mr hafiz so uh, the anti gm activist asked him that uh, hafiz you shouldn't go bt plant because it contains um some harmful you know like chemical in it because pest never eats bt plant fruit and shoot borer pest doesn't attack it then hafiz replied the activist that we consume uh, drug and medicine for uh, for healing our you know like disease and germs get i mean germs die in our body after taking medicine we don't die so these are the like simple examples that farmer stated to the activist so the best thing that farmers are having is that they have real life success in their field they can show they can see the difference between bt eggplant and non bt eggplant 
that's the you know like uh, equation to to them when they see that their crop are performing better they are comfortable growing it i guess the other question i have is that a lot of the rhetoric we see online from the anti gmo folks they say that the bt brinjal is a total failure and that it's failing all over the country and that it's not an effective uh, crop how much truth is there to that and and what are you actually seeing on the ground about uh, increasing adoption <laughs> kevin i mean it's a very simple equation you know like in 2014 only 20 farmers cultivated bt eggplant i mean started growing it but now we have more than 27000 farmers so if it were a failure for the small holder farmer who doesn't have the liberty or opportunity to spare their small amount of land and crop to a failed technology that's a complete lie i mean uh, if it were a failure then why should farmer are growing it until today and the number is growing increasing and bt eggplant varieties they are inbred variety meaning that farmers can grow their own seed they can preserve it and they can multiply it and they can distribute it within their own community so the numbers are actually growing very fast the farmers are happy with the crop and they are getting uh, at least 5 to 6 fold income increased income by growing bt eggplant and i hear india is also planning to release this brinjal to the farmers and they are planning to take a cue from um what what is being done in bangladesh i mean india should india should see they have been uh, growing bt cotton for more than 12 years now once they were importing cotton but now they are in a position to export cotton and position as the like world's leading cotton uh, exporter they are consuming bt cotton seed well the 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 well extract they got from bt cotton seed they have been consuming it for a long time so why they are stopping you know like um, bt eggplant and not allowing farmer growing it and very recently the farmers are demanding bt eggplant and they have started the protest against the you know like decision from the activist and from the government that uh that the farmers should be allowed to grow bt eggplant in india you mentioned earlier that there were other crops like rice and cassava and other important food staples inside bangladesh is there any movement right now to get those to approval so uh bangladesh is also growing up genetically modified late blight resistant potato golden rice salt tolerant rice bt cotton and uh, yeah these are the few crops in development process now in the pipeline we are expecting that uh, with 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 the current existing approval system these crops will be approved uh in in course of time there is no specific date when it all will get approved but uh, our scientist in collaboration with international you know like scientist and research institute they are conducting research and uh, we are hopeful that soon this 
will all be like approved and released. I guess to conclude, what is really the future of the BT Brinjal and maybe where else it will spread in the world? I guess you know, we see it heading to India. What about the Philippines and other places where it may help other farmers? I think BT Brinjal is an example of a success story for the rest of the world that a crop which is developed by the country by public research institute which has been distributed among the smallholder farmer farmers can grow it can multiply it and can get maximum benefit of the crop with the success of bt brinjal i believe that the scientists of other countries our people of bangladesh should tell the story to other people rest of the world that Beauty Brinjal is the success in Bangladesh and rest of the world should consider it as an example of success of scientific innovation and should... What specifically is your organization doing to help farmers and the public understand more about the Beauty Brinjal? So Farming Future Bangladesh is a comprehensive communications initiative. We are sharing our message through large media event. We have trained... Uh, faith-based group imams. We are uh, letting other people know that uh, how agri-biotechnology and innovation of agricultural technology can help address the challenges that we have. We have targeted uh, universities, public university, teachers and students for youth campaign. We are going to organize a training program for extension officials, for health and medical professional to let them understand that the benefit of science should be you know like shared and the message should be shared in the community that people will feel comfortable about it and will have a information which is fact-based not fiction but based on scientific innovation and based on you know like proper understanding and study so we are working robustly to let people understand that agricultural biotechnology is benefiting us and how it's going to impact to overcome our challenges for food production and for sustainability of our people and of the country. If there was one final message that you needed to leave with our audience, what would that be? All the biotech crops which has been developing or which is under development of Bangladesh in the pipeline, these are uh, being developed by our own government. And uh, all these crops, farmer can grow it, can multiply it, and can share it with their own community to share it to their own, you know, like neighboring farmer. And uh, um, we, 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 we gladly accepted BT Brinjal. I have been consuming BT Brinjal since 2013 when it got released. So for last four years or five years, I have been consuming BT Brinjal regularly. It's completely safe. And Indians should start growing it also. And Filipino people, they should also start growing it and let the world see that these innovations are helping people. It's not to, you know, like uh, make any harm. And we can't afford uh, the liberty and privilege that all the European and most of the rich people are having now with their own food cycle. We have a very limited 
small amount of land with a lot of people that we need to feed three times a day. And we can't compromise with any technological advancement. We need to go with it. And we are requesting rest of the world to allow us go with it, to help us tackle our own problem and to help us, you know, like have these innovations accessible for the smallholder farmer. Thank you. If people want to learn more about your organization, where should they look? So we are, uh, if, if you want to learn more about Farming Future Bangladesh, you can find us in, in internet. Uh, we are in Facebook, in Twitter, and uh, we are organizing lots of events. We are seeking support from the world that science should be move on. And we need your help and support to promote our message, to share our common message across the world, to create an environment where people will understand that scientists and science is for human good and human being. Thank you. What would be your Facebook address or your website that you want people to go to to learn more about you? So for uh, Farming Future Bangladesh, you just need to search Farming Future Bangladesh in Facebook. And in Twitter, Farming Future Bangladesh, there's the like keyword you can search. Thank you so much, Arif. It's a great pleasure learning from you on this very important topic. We hope to keep um, spreading the message on the importance of biotech innovation in Bangladesh. Thank you, Modesta, and thank you, Dr. Kevin Falta, for having me on this podcast and giving me the opportunity to share our story. I'm inviting you both to come in Bangladesh, see the field, how farmers are growing it, and try BT Brinjal, test it, how tasty it is, you will see in real world. I would love that. Sure, I would love that. <laughs> Modesta and I are going to get on a plane right now. <laughs> no, thank you for joining us. And thank you, Modesta, for joining me again. I really appreciate any time you give your time for this. So thank you. Thank you. I, the pleasure is all mine. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, listeners, for listening to another week of Talking Biotech Podcast. Write reviews on iTunes. Share with friends. Uh, so many people have told me that they are excited to have found this resource, and um, I can't believe it took five years for them to find it. So uh, please share it widely and get more people excited about the wonderful stories of science. This is the Talking Biotech Podcast, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Talking Biotech Podcast. Send your suggestions for guests, comments, or questions to talkingbiotech at gmail.com. Please write a review of this podcast on iTunes and recommend it to a friend. More downloads help us reach a wider audience with science. You've been listening to Talking Biotech, sponsored by Calabra, the platform that bridges the gap between siloed research tools. With Calabra's electronic lab notebook, scientists can work together in real time sharing data and insights with ease. Revolutionize your research collaboration. Sign up for a demo today at collabra.app, C-O-L-A-B-R-A dot A-P-P.